0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Are you interested in black and white photography? We recently created a mini course for anyone who wants to take amazing black and white photographs, both indoors and outdoors. It's essentially a crash course made up of 11 lessons that will introduce you to the genre, inspire you to try new things, and help you take amazing photographs, all within a short period of time. The current price is $19. We'll increase the price on January 1st, so make sure to take advantage of this amazing deal right now. Check out the link in the show notes to find out more. I look forward to helping you take your black and white photography skills to the next level. Hello, everyone. My name is Taya, and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to Jennifer Bunnett, a seascape photographer. I don't usually come across seascape photographers that much, so I was so excited to talk to her about her amazing work. We talk about her beautiful approach to photography authenticity in photography, tips for anyone who's into long exposure photography and much more. Please enjoy. Hi Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please
1: introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi Taya, thank you for having me. My name is Jennifer Bennett and I'm a seascape photographer. I've been a photographer all my life really, ever since I was a child when I used to help my father in his studios in Wales. And I've done all sorts of photography over the years, helping him do wedding photography and portrait photography, commercial, industrial and press photography. He did it all and I used to help. And then I went on to do a degree in photography and I used to work in post-production in London Labs. So I've really done all types of photography, but eventually it led to me doing my own thing over the last sort of 15, 18 years or so. And uh, I've become a specialist in seascape photography, mostly long exposures.
0: Seascape photography, what a beautiful genre and not something that I see a lot in the photography community. So I was very impressed when I stumbled upon your work and I think you have a lot of interesting stories to share about your work as a photographer.
1: Thank you. Yes, it's it's a lovely genre to work in. It's, you know, I was brought up in Wales near the sea And I had a lot of involvement in the sea because my dad at first was a a sailor taught sailing and uh, everything we did really revolved around the sea. So it just came back to me in the end, I, I suppose, full circle, went back to photography and ended up photographing the sea. So it's a lovely thing to do. A good excuse to go to the beach a lot.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, I can imagine. And I mean, you get all that fresh air and you take photographs. I mean, what an experience every time, probably, right?
1: if it's not a good day photography wise you still end up going home saying well I had a day by the sea so you can't complain. (laughs) Exactly and what camera equipment do you use? Uh, Well I use a full frame camera and a range of lenses. Um, I tend to mostly use my wide angle lenses for the seascapes but depends on what conditions there are. I sometimes use a long lens, sometimes use a 100mm macro lens um, I'm not really into kit lists, to be honest, because uh, I think it's it's one of those things that you you slowly build up your kit as you go along according to need. So just listing the exact stuff you use, I don't think is very helpful to people. They just need to take their photographs and see what they need as they go along rather than wasting lots of money in advance. So I tend not to, to go on about kit too much, to be honest.
0: Yeah, you know, I completely understand that. Because every photographer has their own preferences and their own style. So what somebody else uses might not really work for them. And that might be a waste of money, as you said. So yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a wise answer. And thank you for giving me this <laughs> general idea of, of the equipment that you use. It's still very interesting to know. But you mentioned that you got into photography because of your father. And yeah. prior to that, you enjoyed sketching and painting as well as yeah. I read in some of your interviews. And I find that fascinating because many of your images look like oil paintings. So I think it's beautiful that you managed to merge your love for art and for photography into this one thing where your photographs look like paintings.
1: Thank and- you. It's, I suppose, you know, I was always interested in art right from the get-go and I spent most of my childhood sketching and drawing. And I think I thought I was going to be a painter rather than a photographer at first. But, um I, you know, I, I studied art, I'd studied art a level, I did a foundation course in art and design as well. And it's just that um, my father was a photographer, and I ended up doing as much of that as I did painting. And I suppose in the end, the two merged, and one led to the other. that what I um, photograph really is is dictated by how I used to sketch. So they're all intertwined. Sometimes I still draw as well, in fact, so they' you know they're all linked up together, yeah,
0: it's really beautiful how all of our interests just merge into one another and create this beautiful bundle of you know our work. And what kind of things do you like to paint or sketch nowadays?
1: Well, I, it, the funny thing is is that I used to prefer to include people in my drawings, and I tend not to include them at all in my photographs these days. But um, I do still like sketching. If someone's sitting in front of me, I, I often sit and sketch them, especially my own family. And, uh, and I, you know, I, just, I sketch whatever's around me, um, trees and things. I don't tend to sketch the sea. I photograph that and sketch everything else. But um, I, I think I use the sketching now almost to plan how I'm going to approach another type of photography or some ideas that I've got. So, uh, you know, as I say, they're still really intertwined in, in a way. And uh, I think maybe eventually I might even go back to painting again and uh, or incorporate the two in some way. You know, I've got some sort of plans to, in the distant future, maybe to, to merge the two. Um, we had a friend, a family friend who was, he was a friend of my parents who was an artist, an absolutely outstanding artist. And he used to let me spend time with him in his studio when I was a child and a teenager. And he used to do all sorts of interesting things with with photographs that he would taken. And he used a chemical and sort of merged them into his canvas and then worked on them with paint afterwards. So you never know, I might find that my painting and photography merge even more than they do now, one way or the other.
0: Right, yeah, there are so many possibilities and that's what's so exciting about photography and art in general. And you mentioned that you, often work with long exposures in your work. And I know that a lot of photographers, especially in landscape photography, struggle with long exposures. They don't really know how to create something that expresses their emotions accurately. So I'd love to know what advice you'd give to someone who wants to take outstanding long exposure photos.
1: Uh, Yes, it's, it's a difficult one, that, because there's no one thing, really. I think that the best advice I could give is to give you a chance... Yourself a chance to relax into it. So allow plenty of time. It's not something you can rush. And um, I tend to plan my days at the coast really carefully. And I've got a lot going on in my life in the background stuff that isn't to do with photography, family things, quite complicated things. And um, if, if I go out knowing that I haven't put things in place to be able to make sure that everything is going to be calm and fine in the background then I can't relax when I'm out on a shoot. And uh, so I make sure that I've put everything in place, that there's somebody to look after my son and I can go away for the day and not have to think about what's going on at home or what might happen or anything that might worry me. I don't have to keep checking the phone every five minutes. And that way I give myself several hours to really relax into it. And uh, then I check the tides very carefully and the weather forecast very carefully. So that I'm pretty sure that once I've made the effort to get out there, there's a good chance that I might be able to get something. And, you know, the, the tides especially are very important because some beaches don't work at high tide and some beaches don't work at low tide. So it's a good idea to get to know your locations really well, know what they're going to look like, given any tide, tidal conditions. And then give yourself plenty of time to just relax into the chute and not have anything that you're worrying about in the background and then you you've got the best chance of getting you know coming home with something good at the end of the day if you just say well I've got half an hour spare I'll just quickly pop down to the coast and see if I can grab something that almost never works you just need a lot of time to to play around and Read the conditions and then experiment with exposure lengths and just see what's going on, you know, the weather conditions, how fast the the water's moving, and things like that. But I think the most important thing is to really give yourself time. So important. Wow, yeah, that's very different to what I do as a
0: portrait photographer. I can have a shoot within 10 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on my mood. But for you, you need to plan ahead and be patient. And resilient. That's very interesting. And I think that has helped you as a person as well, because I feel that photography affects us personally in many ways where it forces us to be more patient, forces us to think outside the box. So I'm sure you've had many experiences where you were more patient because of photography thanks to those shoots, right?
1: I know what you mean with portraiture because, as I say, I've done a lot of portraiture and wedding photography in the past and you do have to think on your feet, you know. You've only got that moment to capture that expression and with weddings, it's even faster. You you just have to be looking for the shot and grab it and be set up in advance. It's just completely different. And I said, you know, I never really actually enjoyed weddings very much because they were too frenetic. And, you know, being on the beach... And all, the whole day is your own because you've you've made sure of that. It's just you and the wind and the sea, and you know your thoughts. and And you find that you can spend hours just concentrating on what you're doing. You forget everything. You forget that you're absolutely famished. You know you'd arrived at the car park thinking, "I wish I'd remember my sandwich," mm-hmm. and um, but you you literally forget all of it, and you you just go drive home really physically exhausted but um, mentally refreshed because you've just had all that time to really think about nothing but what you're creating. And it's, it's very good for the soul. It's very good for your mental health, certainly. And it's helped me cope with some incredibly difficult times over the last few years. I really don't think I would have coped with some of the things I've had to deal with if it weren't for these hours on the beach doing nothing but making images. That's beautiful.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's so wonderful that we have photography we have this wonderful passion that we can rely on in difficult times as you said yes
1: it's, it's important for people to have a creative outlet i think and you know when, when people are going through crises and i think a lot of people are um you know i don't know how they cope if they haven't got something that they're passionate about it it's just it's something to look forward to you know you wake up in the morning and think oh, good, I've got that and I'm going to do it today. Uh, whereas if you haven't got that and all you're concentrating on are the problems that you're trying to deal with. Well, I just don't know how people do that.
0: Maybe, maybe, they, yeah.
1: no, maybe they don't. Maybe they just don't cope. You know, I think it's, uh, for me anyway, It's 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 been my saviour. It's been fantastic for me to have it available to me.
0: Absolutely. Same here. But I'm curious to know, is photography your full-time career or do you have another job?
1: Uh, no, uh, other than being a mum, <laughs> and, and you know that's about it. I, I've always worked in photography, as I say, and uh, it's just really in the last fifteen years I've concentrated on my own art. But that's that's what I do. The only thing is I'm limited by um, some of the situations I have to deal with, so it means I can't give it a hundred percent of my time. But um, it's it's certainly how I make my living, and um, you know, hopefully in the future I'll be able to give more time to it depending on how things pan out for me personally
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I hope that uh you do have more opportunities to take your photography to the next level because your work is so beautiful and it gives you so much joy as you said so I mean I agree yeah I wish you the very best with that and since you said that you make a living out of photography I know that many people who do make a living out of photography they struggle with that balance of staying true to their passion and their voice, but also feeling like they have to create a certain kind of work to appeal to their followers or their audience or just anyone who visits their portfolio. Do you struggle with this sometimes?
1: Uh, No, I don't, because I just do what I want to do. And um, luckily, quite a lot of people like that. And if they don't, well, you know, there's another artist for them. Uh, you know, I, I think there's not much point in just doing stuff to try and appeal to people. You can't second guess anyway what somebody's going to like. I think you know your art evolves as you want it to. You can't pretend to be somebody or not. And in the end, you you find that people are responding to it, and then you know more people respond, more people to get to get to see what you're doing. And it takes off from there. I, you know, I just do what I want. I am doing a few other projects quietly, which I haven't sort of shown anybody yet. And when I'm ready to, I will. Maybe a bit less commercial looking than what I do now. But uh, no, I do what I want and, and hope that people like it.
0: I like that. I think that's the best way to approach your work, especially if it's something that you love so much. You shouldn't need to twist it or warp it to fit other people's ideals of photography. It needs to be true to who you are. So, yeah, I really appreciate your point of view.
1: Thank you. Yes, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's even possible to to do it any other way. It certainly, isn't for me. Uh, I think, if, you know, I, my pictures are a response to how I feel about a place, and i wouldn't be able to make a response based on somebody how, how, on how sorry on how somebody else feels about it it would it just wouldn't be possible to do it so uh, i think it's for me anyway it's the only way to do it just do what i like and what i want and hopefully it resonates with other people sometimes
0: i'm sure it does it resonates with me for sure i looked at your work uh, i've looked at your work several times actually and i've always found peace in it because i also love bodies of water and just being on the beach. So yeah, your, your photos reminded me of my childhood. So thank you for that. Thank you. You've had a number of successful exhibitions. I'm curious to know what inspired you to start exhibiting your work.
1: Yes, uh, well, exhibiting is, is it's a really special thing to do actually. It's, I started doing it a few, well, several years ago now. Um, I, I'd met a friend of mine called Rachel, and uh, rachel tellabat we were both kind of in the same place with our photography at the time we had just decided this is really what we wanted to do and we were finding ways to do it and we started shooting together and uh, we we decided one day it would be quite nice to exhibit just to see our pictures in print to see what other people thought of them so we had a little local exhibition in um, woking which is near you know in between where we both live really in a, gal- a nice little art gallery there and it was a chance to print our pictures and learn about framing learn about pricing and about limited editions just a whole big learning curve really and we were really interested in how it you know what people said about our work uh, we had a, a couple of times when we were there chatting to the people who were looking at our work and and it was it was a It was interesting. It was a learning curve for us both. And then we we embarked on a project whereby we photographed the Basingstoke canal workers. They're volunteers who keep the canals in good condition and paint and repair and get rid of invasive weeds and things like that. And we bumped into one one day and had a little chat with them and decided it would be an interesting project. So we photographed them for about a year. And then once we finished that project, it coincided with the Stoke Canal 50th anniversary celebrations. And they were doing all sorts of things, having barges coming up the river and things. And they had an exhibition, so they used our pictures in that. So it was another chance to exhibit. And we really got the bug after that. And both of us have exhibited a lot since then. Um, it's a chance to really evaluate your work, understand how people react to it. And it, see it in print. You know, it's, it's it's. I think every artist should do it. It's a, a lovely thing to do. Fascinating.
0: Yeah, you know, I can imagine how fascinating it is, and I can also imagine that it takes a lot of mental effort because you need to figure out how your images will look and what order to exhibit them in. Yes. Do you have tips? Do you have any tips for anyone who wants to create a photography exhibition of their own?
1: Um, I would say. These days, it's actually, you have open houses and artist studio events. They tend to happen in most areas once a year. So that's a really good way to get involved. It's quite a safe way because it's not as expensive as putting on an exhibition in a gallery. And it gives you a chance to chat to other artists. You can either do it in your own studio or share a studio with somebody else, maybe even get a group of people together, four or five people, and exhibit together. And that way you're not taking it on all by yourself. The costs aren't quite as bad. And it gives you a feel for how it is to curate your pictures and work out what's going to look good hanging on the wall and how to go about framing and mounting and sizing and pricing and all of those things. So open houses, stroke, artist studios are quite a, a, a good way to to first get involved and then look for local places. You know, restaurants often have groups of pictures hanging up by local artists and, and cafes and things. And uh, that's a good way to start. And then after that, you get a feel for it. You start to understand how to do it and you can start to, to go for bigger exhibitions. You do find once you get out there and, and start exhibiting your work, more people hear about you and start inviting you to join in with other exhibitions. So it's like a snowball effect, really, once you start it gets bigger and bigger and moves faster and faster. So it's just a question of getting started.
0: That's right. Yeah. So you just need to start and then all the other opportunities that you may not even have imagined would come will come.
1: So Definitely. Yes, yeah. it's what's out there once you start. And once people people start discovering you, you just get invited to do all sorts of things. Yeah, it's really exciting. I should start my own exhibition, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's very rewarding. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, first of all, you get to meet so many people in person who see your work and get to know you. And yeah, that might even lead to job opportunities in the future, especially if somebody is an aspiring artist or, you know, they already have a portfolio of work that they want to share publicly. So, yeah.
1: Yes, it, it's, it's very different to showing online. You know, the interaction with people is interesting. They often come along and tell you their own stories or their own memories that your picture might have evoked, which can be really interesting uh, or tell you about places you didn't even know existed and uh, it's yes it's it's the interaction with real people is very different to anything you might get online
0: absolutely yeah photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses articles video tutorials editing resources and much more We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton.
1: Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back.
0: If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Your father introduced you to photography in such a relaxed yet encouraging way, which I think is very beautiful and Now that you have your own children, do you find yourself encouraging them to take photographs the same way your father did?
1: Uh, Well, I have done. I've tried a little bit over the years. I mean, my children are young adults now. They're not small anymore. Uh, I'd certainly encourage them to be as artistic as they possibly could be, because, you know, as I said before, I think creativity is a great outlet for your emotions and uh, watching their their art develop over the years has always been interesting. It reflected their current interests and feelings and reactions to things. So, yeah, I think encouraging your children to be creative is is essential for them and fascinating as a parent. I've still got all their sketchbooks filled up. But for me, you know, when I was a child, my dad had the studio and I used to go to the studio after school and help with the printing and processing. For my children, it was a little bit different because I didn't have a studio. In fact, uh, once I had the children, I stopped working in London and just became a full-time mum for a few years because I didn't feel I could do the job properly unless I did did it that way. So they didn't have a studio to go to as such. But, um, you know, I've certainly put cameras in their hands and I've taken them out with me sometimes on shoots. None of them have become besotted with it the way I have yet. Uh, but, you know, having said that, I didn't really become besotted with it until they were old enough for me to be able to decide I was going to get back into my art again. And how was I going to do that? So while I did help my dad a lot and he certainly guided me a huge amount. And I think I probably learned more from him in his studio than I, I learned about photography, even during my whole three year degree. It was me a couple of decades on that made me do it you know that wanted it was me who wanted me to do it it wasn't my dad my dad was thrilled that I'd got back into it again so you know maybe my children will decide they're going to become photographers Um, maybe they won't Uh, one of my sons in particular is the most likely he's very creative Uh, but at the moment they're all doing something completely different so who knows I do agree though that creativity for children is absolutely essential and isn't encouraged enough really especially in secondary schools.
0: That's right yeah I remember when I went to school we had art class and we didn't have photography class so it was just art class but still it was nice to be encouraged by adults who mostly taught us history and french and culture to also be creative and to to express ourselves in different ways it's yeah it's a very important part of education i think and as you said it's not something that's done enough so
1: I think it's it it used to be better I think it's got worse certainly watching my own children in school you know my my older son drew and drew and drew he just filled up sketchbook after sketchbook and he won several art competitions but once he started secondary school I went to parents evening and I was waiting for the art teacher to say you know wow he loves art he's you know he's very talented and she just said he doesn't seem to be very interested And I was really taken aback by that. And it turned out that she didn't seem to be very interested in art, strangely enough. And he was discouraged from expressing himself from then on. And it was a great shame. And I really do hope that he gets back into it eventually. I hope
0: Uh, so too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the kinds of teachers that we have are so important, especially as children. If you have a good teacher that really supports you and understands you and really cares about the subject that they're teaching, it will really affect you, and if they don't, then that will affect you negatively. So it's it's insane how teachers can have such a huge effect on us. The
1: difference between you loving a subject and and loathing it, can't you? You can even learn to love a subject that you didn't think you could if a teacher mm-hmm. teaches the correct way or an interesting way. That's right. Uh, so you often photograph seascapes,
0: as you mentioned, and you've specialised in wedding photography and portrait photography, and you've tried many different things in the past. Is there something or someone that you have never photographed that you look forward to photographing one day?
1: I wouldn't say there's something specific. Uh, you know, I, I I would like to spend, because I was brought up in Wales and I currently live in landlocked Guildford and Surrey, and... I had planned to go back to Wales just before lockdown started. I was going to start popping back there a bit more often, stay with one of my brothers and revisit some of my old haunts, some of the places that have very happy memories and some of them have very sad memories and just spend a lot of time on those Welsh beaches that I know really well from gallivanting over rocks and running away from the waves with seaweed in my hand and things like that. But I haven't spent a huge amount of time Photographing them the way I, I do now. So something I want to do is spend a lot more time going back to the places that I have loved as a child and and do a lot more work there. And um, I think the other thing that I want to do is I've I've spent a lot of time. I haven't shown any of the pictures yet, but I've spent a lot of time making images that are less commercial but more in tune with my sympathy for environmentalism and. You know, my worry about climate change. So I've got ambitions to do a lot more with that. As I say, I've been working on it for about three or four years now, but I I want to do a lot more with that. So it's not really a specific place I want to go to or a specific person. It's just ideas that are in my head that I, I want to bring out.
0: That makes sense. And those ideas sound very interesting, and I wish you the best of luck with both of them, but especially with the one where you focus on your childhood home and the places where you grew up, I completely understand what it's like to feel that nostalgia for a place that you no longer live in, but still love very much. And to be able to capture that feeling again through photography, I mean, that's going to be magical for you, I can imagine.
1: Yes, I think it will be. It's, you know, they're places I can visualize them in my head and all the memories, but I've had very little chance to actually stand there doing something about it art-wise, and I'm really looking forward to giving myself a chance to do that and uh, see what I come up with, see, see if, you know, my memories make a difference to the way I make my photographs look.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see those photos. Thank you. <laughs> In your opinion, what has been your greatest achievement as a photographer
1: so far? Uh, well, I mean, I, I suppose the obvious thing is to talk about publication and awards and things like that but actually I think it's a little bit more it's it's quieter things that really make me happiest and uh, there's a sort of aspect to what I do that leads to things that you you don't expect will happen when you first set out on your journey of sort of making images and um, I started posting online I started my first Facebook account a page Um, oh, you know, several years ago now, and I posted a few photographs. And I I didn't really understand what, you know, showing pictures online meant. I wasn't into Facebook. I hadn't had an account up till then. But a friend of mine had said, Jen, you know, it's like having a free gallery. You should just get on and do it. So so I did. And a few pictures in, somebody messaged me and said, I didn't know the person. They said, you'll never know how much a photograph has helped us and I so I was really taken aback and I read it and reread it and I looked at the the person I couldn't see their account because it was private so I didn't know who the person was I didn't know which picture they were referring to and um I was really moved and it even made me a little bit tearful actually because something had obviously happened and one of my pictures had had done something to help them and I know how hard it can be in life trying to deal with a member of the family who's got serious mental health issues, and you know, lots of people are going through so many different things. You know, once you start talking to people, it's amazing how many people are trying to deal with something, and um, to have an image that makes a difference to someone is a, a really unexpected bonus. And since then, I've had lots of lovely comments, you know, about a specific picture or about a specific thing in someone's life that's helped them, and it's really rewarding. And I think. That is, you know, that's probably it's more of an achievement than any of the awards or any of the lovely as all those things are, of course. And I'm very proud of them. And, you know, my dad and mum were very pleased about them. I think that was one of the other achievements is making them happy before they died. Uh, But just getting comments like that is really moving and really rewarding. And, you know, if, if one of your pictures has touched somebody enough to help them a little bit, it doesn't really get better than that, does it?
0: I agree with you. I completely understand what you mean. I mean, as you said, awards are very lovely and it's nice to get published in magazines and books. But when you actually have some sort of emotional impact on someone through your work, you feel like you've made a small difference in the world and there's no feeling like it.
1: It's a tiny thing. Maybe to them it's a bigger thing, but it is just special because it's, it's touched on a person rather than a thing. Exactly.
0: Yeah yeah, that's the power of photography. It's amazing how we can just connect with people through our work without saying anything sometimes. And these people that look at our work don't even need to be photographers to be affected. It's such a beautiful, magical thing that is impossible to describe,
1: yes, it's the power of art, isn't it? It's not just photographs. it's it's any art. And uh, you know we were saying before, you know do you do something to because somebody's going to like it? No, you don't. You do something because it means something to you and then it's more likely to to affect somebody else as well. That's right. Okay, well, my last question for you is what
0: is the one thing that you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world?
1: Well, uh, I think one thing would be still doing it in 30 years' time. <laughs> uh, I've got, uh, my friend Rachel and I have already designed our Zimmer frame with a bull head on it. But other than that, I think, I really want to be able to um, produce images that reflect something that I feel very, very strongly about, and that is the environment. And uh, as I've already said, that I'm, I am making some work in this genre, of, and I probably will be working on it for at least another year or so before I show any of these images, um, but it's... You know, when I post my pictures online, I occasionally mention plastic pollution or something like that, but I don't like to become too political or too controversial because people don't really like it. So I want to do it in a more subtle way through my photography. And, um, you know, we've just had COP26, and the results of that were quite disappointing. And there's a, a really serious sort of apathy or, or lack of interest or lack of awareness, or I don't know what it is, but. People just don't seem to be willing to jump on board and say, this is really deadly serious and we need to do something about it. And there's there's lots of different aspects of it. You know, there's the the, the far, too much farming, too much animal farming, fossil fuel industry. But the things that I'm particularly wanting to represent are, of course, the problems with the sea. And uh, we've got, for instance, trawlers, Causing serious problems, they release as much carbon dioxide as the aviation industry. And they've decimated coral reefs around the world um, that will never recover. And we've got the issue of bycatch, whereby they catch much more than they should do. So, you know, the shrimp nets for every one shrimp that's been caught, maybe 10 large fish will perish. It's just so wasteful, a waste of life. And a waste for the environment. and we've got the issue of fishing gear, ghost gear. You know one of the things I see washed up on the beach the most often, apart from plastic bottles is fishing gear, just acres and acres of rope and twine. and sometimes I've found horrible big hooks just sitting there in the sand. And it's just it's just there all the time, reminding us of the catastrophe that we've created. And then we've got other things like we've got the cruise industry, which is, uh, you know, it's largely unregulated as an industry. But uh, one one cruise ship gives off about the same amount of a carbon footprint as twelve thousand cars, and um, a seven day trip on an Antarctic cruise gives off as much CO two as an average person will give off in a whole year. You know, it's it's a shocking, they're terrible statistics. So. What's going on environmentally around the world concerns me hugely, and I do a huge amount of background work to, as much as I can, to sort of help. But I would like my photography to to come in a big circle and join up with my feelings on this, and um, and hopefully make some kind of difference and impact, even if it's just a small amount, just something. So. I'm beavering away quietly in the background, and uh, that is what I'm hoping to do in the future.
0: Thank you for sharing all this information. It's some I mean, some of the facts that you shared, I didn't even know about. So it's really shocking to know these things. And since you're so passionate about this, and since you're such a talented photographer, I have no doubt that you will be able to achieve this goal and bring more awareness to these issues through your work.
1: As you said, you know, pictures say a huge amount in in a way that a more subtle way than words, but they can be very powerful. And I hope I find a way to harness that and just be able to to just help awareness. I think, you know, help people realise this is it's there's so much suffering, so much death of people and of animals, people die all the time because of climate change and animals are being slaughtered every second of every day in their millions all around the world. It's carnage and uh, you know something needs to be done. It really does. Absolutely. Well
0: Jennifer thank you so much for sharing your story with me and with the listeners. I had so much fun learning about your beautiful work and finding out more about climate change and all the issues going on in the world and I wish you the absolute best with all of your projects, and I cannot wait to see
1: all, your, all the photos you take in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for chatting to me. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Me too. Thank you. After talking to Jennifer, I was really inspired to pursue what I really love as a photographer and to take more photographs of nature. I hope that you were inspired by her story and that you're encouraged to always stay true to yourself and to not feel like you have to. Take specific kinds of photographs for other people to admire. At the end of the day, this is something that you love, so make the most of it. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography.